Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Christ Fellowship. We're so glad that you're here with us tonight. If you can do me a huge favor and grab your Bibles and go ahead and stand to your feet. One thing that we do at the beginning of every single service is we just take a minute and we honor the reading of God's Word. And so we ask during this time that we stop all conversation, all movement, so that we, we can really focus on what God has to say. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 6 and welcome Miss Paula as she comes to read the Word tonight. Well, good evening. Just as Christian said, if I can have everybody just kind of stop what you're doing. I'm going to give you just a minute to get to Mark 6. God is here. He is here. So take a minute. We're going to turn to verse 53. It's a pretty big chapter, so get to 53 real quick. And I want you to be encouraged by his word. Nothing in this book was written by mistake. Nothing. So let's begin with verse 53. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him, ran through the whole surrounding region and began to began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Whenever he entered into the villages, the cities, or the country, they had laid the sick in the market places and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. As many as touched him were made well. For those of you who don't know what made well means, it means healed, set free, delivered, made whole. So tonight, many of you have came seeking him. You have came asking him to open a door for you. Many of you are seeking healing, freedom, deliverance. My Bible says that if you seek him, he will be found. So tonight, Father, we ask you, Lord, that if I'm seeking healing tonight, you are my healer. If I'm seeking freedom tonight, you are that which will set me free. Father, if I'm seeking peace, Lord, you are the peacemaker. If I'm seeking a way out, Lord, you give me a way out. So Father, I ask you right now that as we seek your face, we know that you are here. We know that you are here. The hem of your garment is within reach tonight. So Father, I ask you to touch those who are begging for your mercy. Father, your mercy is everlasting. Your mercy is everlasting. Father, there is no end to your healing. So as we have baptized hundreds that have been healed, it don't stop. There is no end to his blessing and his healing. There is no end. So now let's worship him as though there is no end to who he is in Jesus' name.
washed away on the shores of your great love let addiction and all shame be laid down at your feet come awake awake my soul I feel justice rising breathe new life into these bones I can feel your
ground The smoke is fading Before the light The dead are coming back to life
above what it looks like my eyes above what it looks like I will only see all you promised me my eyes above what it looks like my eyes above what it looks like I want what you want I want kingdom come My eyes above what it looks like My eyes above what it looks like I will only see All you promised me My eyes above what it looks like My eyes above what it looks like I want what you want I want kingdom come
Change everything in life. 
He has settled in this place. I said, God has settled in this place. I said, God has settled in this place. He has settled in. Do you feel the atmosphere changing? Do you feel change breaking tonight? Come on, do you feel it changing? It's because He has settled in. He has settled in this place. Come on, let's give him praise. He has settled in this place. He's settled in. He's settled. He has settled in. Would you lift your hands up all over this building tonight as we join in prayer together? As the song has declared, that is our prayer tonight. The Father, have your will in this place. Have your way. Have your way, oh God. Have your way, oh God. What you want to do, what you want to accomplish tonight, God, have your way. Lord, let your heart be released tonight. And Father, we know that your heart is for salvations to occur. Father, your heart is to see the captives set free. Your heart is to see the bound liberated. Your heart is to see the blind see and the deaf hear and the lepers to be cleansed. Lord, the dead, the dead areas, the dead hearts to be raised in resurrection life tonight. Oh, God, let it be. So in the name of Jesus, we declare that those things will occur tonight by the power of the living God.
and in the authority of the name of Jesus, we declare that this environment, this atmosphere is a demon-free zone. We say it is a demon-free zone. It is a demon-free zone. And that every plan and every purpose of our Lord Jesus Christ will be accomplished tonight through the power of the name of Jesus. Come on, let's give him praise tonight. We celebrate Jesus. Yeah. of God. Praise the name of God. I want you to take a moment to turn around and greet those around you before you're seated. Hug them and shake their hand. Tell them you're glad to see them tonight. Expect God to do something wonderful. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord as you make your way to your seat tonight. I, I want to ask how many people are here tonight that you would say this is your, your first time of being here at the revival at Christ Fellowship? And would you just hold your hand? My, let's look around. Let's show them. Look at all of the people that this is their first night. Come on, let's show them how much we appreciate them for being here tonight at this revival. Hallelujah. Well, for those of you that are, this is your first time, and those watching online and to all the rest that are here, let me say that I'm not the pastor here. I'm not one of the pastors here at this church. I am one of the um, area pastors in, uh, in the neighboring county, and Pastor Todd is ask me to come and welcome us welcome you all tonight take up the offering and um what a privilege it is i'm so blessed and honored to to be here to have part um in this revival i do want to thank pastors todd pastors karen and all of the staff and all of the elders and pastors of christ fellowship for hosting this revival for paying the price can we thank them thank christ fellowship church come on let's thank them for hosting this awesome move of God. Somebody's got to pay the price. I said somebody's got to pay the price. We know it's a grace that God has released out, but the move of God has to be sustained by prayer and hunger. It's got to be sustained, and this house is paying the price, and they're paying the price. So this community thanks y'all. Thank you so much for paying the price so that we can come together as, as the one church to lift up the name of Jesus and experience, experience a wonderful move of God. I wonder if we have any senior pastors that are in the building tonight. Would you stand, all the senior pastors? If you're a lead pastor, would you stand? Praise the Lord all over the building. Thank all of you so much for being with us tonight. We honor you. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
I know we've got some folks from different states, some that have flown and some that have, have driven for many hours, and we just want to welcome you. Thank you for coming to be here, to be with us tonight here at the revival. I want to ask the ushers if they would to come down. We want to, I want you to go ahead and prepare your offering tonight as we get ready to, um, to give to the Lord. One of the things that, that this church does to those that are baptized, they receive one of these devotional books. It was written by Todd and Karen called 40 Days. It's a, a journey towards a deeper relationship with God. So, so anybody's encounter, this book right here will lead them into steps from salvation, water baptism, meeting Mr. Devil, the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, about tithing, about giving, and all about the fundamentals of our Christian faith. This is a wonderful book, and all those that get baptized receive one of these books. And so you're able to sow as you give tonight to Christ's fellowship into the lives of what God is doing for someone else. We're going to declare the Ephesians 6-8 principle over this house tonight. And for those of you that are given, the Ephesians 6-8 is what you do, the good that you do for someone else. God will restore it and give it back to you. And so this opportunity for us to support this revival is a way for God to see our heart and move upon us and allow that same revival and momentum to move in our own personal lives. So we're declaring that Ephesians 6-8 over our lives. Amen? And so we appreciate that. One of the other books that I want to bring your attention tonight is, is this new book that, that Pastor Todd Smith wrote called, He Sat Down. He Sat Down. If you want to continue to be sustained and to grow and to understand your covenantal rights that we have as a believer, the authority that we have as a believer, I want to encourage you to get this book called He Sat Down. It's available. You can pick these books are in the foyer as you leave tonight. I, I would encourage you to, to go and pick you up a copy and to help you to continue to grow in all the things that God wants to establish in your personal life, this book will help you, will help you to accomplish it. I love what it says on the back. It says, he sat down, will you stand up? And in this moment that we live in, 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 in the world, there are a lot of people that are just waiting for Jesus to come back and just rescue them from this world and environment that we live in. But I want you to know tonight that while Jesus or while many people are waiting for Jesus to come down, Jesus is waiting on many to stand up. We're going to stand up and take our authority. We know Jesus is coming back, and that's our prayer. Lord Jesus, come quickly. But while we are here, He has commissioned us to occupy till He returns. And that's what we are to do. So... I want to encourage you to do that, but tonight as, as we're able to, to give and sow into this, you can make your checks out to Christ Fellowship. This is, this is going towards the revival. So let's pray and bless it. Father, thank you for the privilege of being able to give tonight. Lord, we know that all good things come from you. And we thank you, God, that you have blessed us with the resources, the finances to be able to, be able to give 
and to be a blessing, to be a blessing to this revival at Christ Fellowship Church. So God, we bless this offering and we ask you to let it multiply and go to further the very kingdom of God. And we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're in for a special treat tonight. I know you're already feeling the presence of the Lord. I feel a tangible manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. And I know that you sense it. We're going to have a dynamic message tonight. People are going to be touched. They're going to be set free. And then later in the service, this baptistry right here is going to be opened up. And there are going to be people that are going to come up and they're going to get baptized tonight. They're going to get baptized. You may say, well, Pastor, I didn't come prepared to get baptized. That's okay. We've got you covered. We've got, what, a hundred pairs of scrubs all the way down to undergarments. You're not going to need to leave here wet tonight except your hair. I mean, everything is supplied and provided for you. The only thing that's required is for you just to obey the Holy Spirit tonight and respond and respond if He has you to. Has this revival impacted a community? Has it impacted a community? 645 people have gotten in those waters and gotten baptized. That's the touching the heart of God. That's touching the lives of people. And I want you to know that many people have stepped in those waters for a lot of different reasons. And you have to obey the Lord and the leading of the Holy Spirit as to why God would want you to get in those waters and what God wants you to do in your life. There are many people that are struggling with things in their life and they're trying to shake it off. But I want you to know what you can't shake off, He can wash it off. And so you might need to get in there tonight and get everything washed off. It's going to be a glorious night. Pastor Todd, since February the 11th, as God came and settled in this place, has been asking and having a lot of local area pastors and different ministers from around to come and preach at this revival here. Tonight, we're going to get to hear from the lead pastor. This is only the second time that he has preached at the revival service. And God has a wonderful, dynamic message for us to hear. And for the leader and for the pastor of this house right here to want to humble himself and say, I got a message from God that I need to share. We better open up our ears and our hearts and hear what the Spirit is going to say to us. I already feel it right now. Would you help me give a big welcome to the lead pastor of Christ Fellowship Church, Pastor Todd Smith. Come on, let's welcome him tonight. God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. It is so good to see you tonight. 
in January of this year, in a moment of fasting and prayer, our entire church went on a season of fasting and praying for 21 days. We didn't ask for anything. We didn't want to see any miracles. We didn't care if he was going to give us any of his blessings, any of the goodies, the candies of the Lord. Our church gathered together just to pray, and we prayed for two things. And we cried out night and day, God, let us see your face and let us behold your glory. And in January, during that fast, I'm walking on this platform, heading in that direction, just praying. And I got toward the baptistry, and the Lord showed me a vision. Now, you have to understand, I have Southern Baptist roots. You don't see visions anymore. But in 1996, the Southern Baptist pastor got baptized with the Holy Ghost. Even since 1996, I've never seen a vision. Never had one. But I'm walking right through here after about two weeks of fasting and praying, a complete fast, just water and juices. And I'm walking toward that baptistry. And it was completely empty, but the Lord showed me that it was full of water in my vision. And as I looked closer, there was a strip of fire on the water, like a gasoline fire. You understand what I'm saying? On the top of the water. I'm not making this up. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to my spirit, and this is what he said. He said, Todd, I'm going to baptize people in water, and with fire. He says, I'm going to baptize people in water and in fire. That was in January. We had no idea that within a few weeks that we would have a divine visitation from the Lord. Not just a visitation, but a habitation. How many of us know in this room that there's a difference between the visitation and a habitation? Let me tell you what a visitation is. It's when your in-laws come over for... Two days. Everybody say two days. Come on, say two days. Now, I've got, the, I've got the best mother-in-law in the world, so I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about your in-laws. Come on. A visitation is they're driving in out of town on Friday, and they're leaving on Sunday afternoon. Not much more, less than 48 hours. That's a visitation. You prepare your house for a visitation. Certain rooms are off limits. Sweet things under the bed. There's some no-go zones in your house. Come on, talk to me right now. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You know they're only going to be there a while. But it's completely different when there's a habitation. When someone says, I'm staying long-term, they have full access to your house. February the 11th, the Lord came into this place And he's been here ever since. I will walk through this sanctuary during the days, and you can feel him, his presence. He's here. Right now. In this room. 
walk in these aisles, speaking to every heart. So I'm in prayer this past week, and I walk toward the baptistry. And the Lord showed me something that I needed to release into you right now. I saw the pool filled with fire once more, but it was different this time. The fire was running up the wall. Coming out of the fire, I saw six to eight inch long, I don't know, white, grayish things coming up out of the water. Three to four inches in diameter. Darting from the water and from the fire. I know you think I'm crazy, but you will see this manifest tonight. You will not see it in your spirit eyes, but you will hear it in the testimonies of what God's going to do. We have seen people literally whacked by the Holy Ghost in those waters. Can I get a witness right there? I mean completely wrecked. And the beautiful thing, even though we have some of the most dynamic pastors leading this revival, Pastor Lance Johnson, uh, I don't know if he's here in the building tonight. Um, where are you, Pastor? Well, bless your heart. Stand up and let everybody take a look at you. And your precious wife, Lisa, you're here. God bless you. And um, Pastor Lance was here when the Holy Ghost fell. Pastor Don Allen at the church at Warhill. Pastor Don, will you stand? Every time he preaches, I want to take notes. He's a, not only a great preacher, but he's a theologian. He digs the text. He finds out what God's meaning and what he's wanting to say. And his precious wife, Christina, thank you guys for being here. You're preaching the ninth. Is it the ninth that you'll be preaching again here? And then Pastor Robbie Mathis from Freedom Tabernacle. Thank you, Pastor. Stand up, Pastor Robbie. His precious wife, Jill. Pastor David Edmondson from uh, Covenant Connections in Flowery Branch. Um, Pastor Pat Schatzline, an Assembly of God evangelist, has been with us. Am I leaving anybody? Uh, yeah, my favorite youth pastor in all the world, Pastor Marty Derricott. Where are you, Pastor? God bless you. I just want to build your faith for a moment before I get into the Word. We're going to baptize tonight, and there'll be 70 to 80 people getting baptized tonight. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. There'll be miracles in this place. But I'm not here for the miracle. I'm here for Him. I'm not here for any manifestation. I'm not interested if you shake, quake, bake, or whatever you want to do. I'm not interested in that. That is non-impressive to me. That is great if it happens, but I'm not impressed with that. You know what I'm impressed with? Is when someone comes to this altar, and they repent, and they want to touch Him. They want to behold Him. They want to love Him more. Not only are people getting dramatically healed, but folks are having life-changing encounters. You want to hear about two of those right quick? Can I build your faith? I'm going to ask our two ladies if they'll come out right now. And uh, come on out here, uh, Christy and, and Whitney, if you'll come. And uh, God bless you guys. Let them know you love them. Come on, Christy. All right. I need this microphone on, please. This one right here. Thank you, Colin. I want, to, I want you to tell everybody your name. 
I'm Christy Hertzler. Christy. She has a sister that came and got baptized how many weeks ago or a couple months ago? On July 15th. On July 15th. I just want you to tell in brief her story, and we got about one minute to build everybody's faith. Tell us about your sister. <laughs> how no about pressure. that? That's a quick fix, isn't it? <laughs> you better get your faith on in a hurry. Her sister's working tonight, so she could not be here, or else she would be here. Tell her the story. Tell us the story. Okay, she has written a testimony in her own words, and this, it's got a lot of humor in it, so I'm going to read fast. It says, for years my health, have been, health has been under attack. I've been struggling with different diagnoses since 2016. My grandma, who lives in San Diego, even joked every time I call after a doctor's appointment, she needs a chair. So let's be real, she's got a point. So here it goes. She got diagnosed in 2016 with Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. It's a heart condition that's extremely rare. It's like one in a thousand people. That was the first one. Um, the second, she, they discovered that there was a tumor on her heart. That was very rare as well. So she, after, this, um, after recovering from her heart surgery, four months later, she found out that she had a grapefruit-sized tumor on her ovary. And so through a lot of prayer, she went, that's all of her, that's, that's her, um, that's the good news. So she found a surgeon and she cried with her and said, I'm going to do the best I can and save that ovary. She did. So fast forward now to current. She's now happily married. And as she was happily married, she had had some heartbreaks. So her, her and her husband decided she was going to go to the doctor. So she went to the doctor thinking she was going to get one kind of a diagnosis. She got another. And it came back saying she was positive for an autoimmune disorder. At this point, she says to me while we are driving in the car one day, this is hers, sis, I'm going to have to get dunked. And she, wait, wait, wait. She said what? Sis, I'm going to have to get dunked. <laughs> and this is in her words. Well like a great older sister, I kind of butted in and I emailed Pastor Karen and I gave her the whole rap sheet. So um, she came on July 15th and she got ministered and she, 45 minutes she was having surgery right here on our altar. She, she got prayer. Prayer. She got prayer. Now, if you're uncomfortable with this, I understand. The Holy Ghost came upon her and she could no longer stand. The Lord visited her right here at this altar. I remember yep, that night. It was, it was beautiful. It was we beautiful. have a picture of it. She's just totally, she woke up, said, I feel like I just came out of anesthesia. And Pastor Karen said, because you did. Because the Lord just operated on you. So. Last Thursday, she went to her second follow-up appointment with the rheumatologist. And we got her results. Negative for every autoimmune disorder because she. Come on, somebody ought to stand at their feet and give God some glory in this house. And all this is in here. Yeah. And I'm. I've emailed the pa I've emailed Pastor Todd and Pastor Karen the results so they can look at it. But this is kind of out of the words of Amanda. And she's got a great sense of humor. She has to. Because every time she go to the doctor, they'd say, yo, you're like that one girl that's like the one, yeah. She's like, I'm tired of being the one girl. Jesus has healed me by his stripes. She's healed. And she said, when I called my grandma this time, grandma said, thank you, Jesus. I don't need a chair this time.
Come on. Come on. And every, everything on the doctor's report has negative, 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 negative. Next page. Come on. Page number two. Negative, 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 negative. Page number three. Negative, 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 negative. Every... Every single one. And so she got prayer and got in that water. She got in that water. And not only was she healed, but her life, her daily life has been transformed. She is a different person. Come on, let's give God praise. All right. Come on, Jesus. All right. Tell us who you are. Whitney. Whitney, you and your husband. Noah. Noah, what a name. You like water, don't you? <laughs> All right, Whitney, a few weeks ago, you came from Columbus, Georgia, which is about a three-hour drive. Yes. You heard about the revival. You wanted to come. You heard that there's something in the water. Um, I remember seeing on Facebook this week by Kennedy, uh, Kennedy Graffis, um, Griffiths said that it is fire water fire water I never knew how to label it I like that fire water what was going on in your physical body um, for two months I had been having severe stomach issues I couldn't eat every time I ate it made me sick I lost 25 pounds um, and then I was also having a continuous menstrual cycle so it was just bleeding for two months and there was no explanation I was desperate so me and my husband came, we got baptized, and God forever changed my life. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, as she was saying, you know, she couldn't eat it. Maybe saltine crackers or bread, you know, maybe an extra is hard for me because I wouldn't eat a lot of times with her. And she lost weight, and she went, like, to gynecologist, and they finally said, well, we got to keep doing tests. we got to keep doing tests. And, you know, we were watching online, and she's like, we got to go. So we came. You drove three hours. Yes, we drove three hours. We came. We both got baptized together, and then that following week, our gynecologist called and said, are you ready for the test? She said, I don't need it. You can cancel it. Tell me. Tell us what happened. Tell us what happened. When I got baptized? Yeah. Um, it was amazing. It's hard to explain. Um, it was just like when I went under the water, it was just like God showed me that he just like had cut me in two and just everything fell off. When I come up, I was completely different. I have not had any hormone medicine since I got baptized and I've been eating just fine. Um, and my cycle's been fine, no problems, just gone. Is that not God or not or what? Come on now. Let's go. Come on, give him praise, give him praise, give him praise, give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. He's here. I've got a word from the Lord. There'll be two altar calls tonight. There'll be an altar call for you to come to this altar. God's going to do some work on your heart. 
then immediately we're going to open it up for baptism. He's going to change your life. It's not a preacher. It's not a teacher. You're going to encounter him in that water. Does that make sense? How many of you are ready tonight? Come on. Praise the Lord. Who flew in all the way from Arizona tonight? Who flew in from Arizona? Where's my Arizona person? Where are you? Right there. Would you stand to your feet all the way from Arizona? Who else drove in from out of state or flew in from out of state? Raise your hand. Where are you from? North Carolina. Anybody else? Alabama. Roll Tide. All right. Anybody else? North Carolina. Anybody from Tennessee tonight? Right where at? Where? Right, right here? I saw a hand. Where is it? Oh, over here? Orlando. God's going to touch you tonight. God's going to... Uh, are you the guy that called about, about your mouth? Do you realize where's Miss Donna? Miss Donna's going to pray for you. Miss Donna, stand up. In January, in January... In February, when was it, Miss Donna, that we had people, we had that vision that people needed to pray for uh, their mouths? Second week of revival. Second week of revival. Sunday morning service. The Lord woke me up in a dream and he said, he, and I saw Josh, I saw Josh Satterfield's face and he was holding his jaw and said, the Lord said, pray for people that need uh, issues in their mouth. She didn't have enough ridge line to, to, um, to have implants. X-rays verifying, goes to the dentist. The dentist says to her, after about two months, I guess, or a month or so, nine months, no, when you prayer and then uh, when you went, six weeks later, within six weeks, 30% new bone growth in her upper jaw. I'm not making that up. That's verifiable. We've got a dentist that asked her, do you believe in miracles? Do you believe in miracles? Amen. Was there someone else over here, right here? Where are you from? South Carolina. God bless you. I'm glad you're here. You're going to get touched tonight. All right, I need you to go to two scriptures. I want to get into the Word very quickly tonight, right now. And I want you to go, if you will, to two scriptures tonight. I, I want you to go to Romans chapter 6 first. Romans chapter 6. And then we're going to end up in James chapter 1. So find both of those. Romans chapter 6, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then the book of Acts, then Romans. You'll find Hebrews and you'll find James, all right? It is very important this, mor this evening that, that you stay with me. I'm going to build for about 10 minutes the foundation on which I'm going to preach. I know without any shadow of a doubt I have a word for people tonight and it's going to help us. I want you to look at Romans chapter 6 verse 8. Now if we died with Christ we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, 
he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Verse 14. For sin shall not. Everybody say shall not. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. I want to deal with a very uh, difficult subject matter tonight, and that is sin. And I think that it is perfect for the setting tonight. I think that there is something that the Lord is wanting to speak to us from the front to the back, from side to side, dealing with sin. And I want to answer four questions, or one question, and give you four reasons, if you will. And the question that I want to ask is this. What does sin want to do with us? Now, I don't need you to get all depressed, and I don't need you to get out of faith because you're thinking, oh my goodness, here's a preacher going to preach on sin, he's going to make me feel bad. No, I'm going to make you feel good. But I want you to understand that tonight, that sin has an agenda. And so the question I'm going to ask is this. What does sin want to do? I want you to write that down, if you would. That question, I'm going to investigate it. What does sin want to do? Let me answer the question. Look in your Bible, if you will, at verse 6. The very first thing that sin wants to do to us, among many, is to make me its slave. Very clear, very basic, very sound. The Bible says, and I want you to see this in Romans chapter 6, verse 6. It says, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, and that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be what? Slaves of sin. Now how many of us, don't, don't raise your hand, know someone who is a slave to sin? That they serve sin. That's the agenda of sin, to make me its slave. Can I get a witness? I know this is heavy, and I know you're thinking, just open up the waters. We're going to get there. But as I look at the body of Christ around the world, especially in the Bible Belt, I am seeing a lot of people that claim the name of Jesus, but they're enslaved to sin. And people in our communities are looking for authenticity. They're wanting to see real Christianity fleshed out. Real discipleship manifest in front of their very eyes. They're wanting to make sure that our church talk equals our work talk. 
And as I just scan generally across the body of Christ, and I'm not making judgment on anyone, I just see that there's a lot of people that have been set free at one point from addictions and issues and problems and struggles and bitterness have been enslaved once again to that. So that's number one. Number two, the second thing that sin wants to do for us and do to us is very important. Sin wants to reign in my life. Now what does that literally mean? Sin wants to be the king. If you will look at at, at verse 12. Therefore do not let sin do what? Reign in my mortal body. In other words, sin wants to sit on the throne of my heart. Sin is not content just to simply be a participant every now and then. Sin wants to reign in my life. And the Bible here, he instructs us to make sure that sin doesn't reign. He doesn't call the shots. Number three. The third thing that sin wants to do is to dominate my life. To have dominion. Look at verse 14. He warns us, sin shall not have what? dominion over you. That literally means, guys, to rule, to control, or to command power or prominence in your life. Now, everybody with me so far? Number one, he wants to enslave me. Got it? Number two, he wants to reign in my life. And number three, he wants to dominate. Number four, you ready? Say, I'm ready. Number four, sin ultimately wants to kill me, destroy me. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. It says, do, no, do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death. Leading to death. Leading to death. Well, I'm saved, I'm born again. Watch this. He's talking to Christians. Make sure that whom you yield yourselves to, whether you're going to be a slave to sin, and he's going to lead you to deeper incarceration, deeper bondage, deeper imprisonment, to ultimately to death. I just want to make it very clear in the body of Christ, you're not immune to this. Sin wants to do what? Make me its slave. To reign in my life to dominate me, and to ultimately to destroy me. Now, I had to say, that's all the bad news. I just want you to know sin has an agenda. Now, write this down. In James chapter 1, very important. James chapter 1, as you turn there, I want to start, if you will, from verse 16, then I'm going to move backwards. James chapter 1. He says very forthrightly, he warns us, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. He's talking to Christians here. He says don't be deceived. Don't be tricked. Don't be coerced. Don't be fooled. Don't be conned. Do not get caught away with the illusion. Now let's back up. I want you to see what he says. In verse 12, 
Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved by God, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised all of those that do what? That love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Now watch this. I come to declare some freedom tonight. As he is here this evening, I've come to declare some freedom tonight. All of us in this room get tempted. Temptation is everywhere. Temptation when you get up, when you go to lunch, when you go to work, when you go back home, temptation is everywhere. When you turn on the television, when you flip on the computer, temptation is everywhere. When you pick up your phone, you check in on Facebook, temptation is everywhere. All God's people are tempted. Another question I must ask us tonight is this. What makes us sin? What makes me want to sin? I'm born again. I, 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 I love Jesus with all my heart. I, I want to know what makes me want to sin. Can you look at it very quickly? What makes us want to sin? The Bible says each one is tempted when he is what? Carried away. When he is drawn away by his what? Own lust. His own lust. This is what makes me want to sin. Now I come to tell someone this evening that usually when temptation happens, it is because you and I have been drawn away by our own particular lusts. We are not going to blame the devil for where we are in life anymore. I come to announce over this congregation that the devil has not made you do one single thing. I know that's heavy, I know that's broad, and I know that's, he uh, that's deep. But I, somebody needs to hear that the devil is not at fault. The Bible says, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. He says, when we are tempted, it is because we have been drawn away from our own lust. Because, listen, our lust usually begins with a thought. Our temptation begins with an inquiry and a curiosity, a second look or a desire or a craving or an interest or you are lusting yourself after something. And the devil knows that. He can't make any one of us sin in this place. So the blame has got to stop. Second of all, it's not your environment. Most of us in this room have it bad. We didn't grow up in the perfect homes and scenarios. We grew up in broken homes, broken streets, broken neighborhoods, broken school systems under broken political systems. All of us are growing up in a broken environment. Now I grant you that some of us have been reared and raised in a catastrophic home environment. But I'm declaring to you tonight that you're no longer going to blame your environment. It's not even your upbringing even though it may have been horrendous. 
It's no longer the church's fault. It's not the authority's fault. Not your spouse's fault anymore. Again, you may have been abused, mistreated, and it's had a tremendous impact on you, and I'm not minimizing the pain at all. But we're going to work through that pain tonight. Because in this house tonight, I want you to know that sin has an agenda for every single one of you. And he doesn't, it doesn't matter to him how he goes about influencing you, but he's trying to creep into your life. For what purpose? To make you its slave, to reign in your life, to dominate you, and to eventually lead you to a death. Touch three people and say it's not the devil's fault. All right? Touch two people that you completely ignored and say it's not mama's fault either. <laughs> then you're going to have to do this. Just actually stand up and go to five people and say it's not the pastor's fault either. And that'll make me feel really good. Come on, stand to your feet and say it's not the pastor's fault. Come on, stand to your feet and say it. I just need to hear it 5,000 times tonight. Go ahead and say it. It's not the pastor's fault. Well, he hurt me. He didn't shake my hand. I'm not going back there. All hypocrites in the church. That's why I'm going to act the way I act. That's why I'm going to booze it up, live it up, dope it up, sleep it up. I come to hit that devil right in the throat tonight. It's not the devil's fault. It's not daddy's fault. It's not your uncle's fault. Even though you have tremendous pain, they may have abused you, talked down to you, betrayed you, walked out on you, left you and your mama to, to, to fend for yourselves, and you're an eight-year-old, and you all of a sudden became a man. But where you are at this very moment is a direct result of the choices that you and I have made. Look at the text. Each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Now watch this. I love this. The devil knows how to get your attention. He's been dealing with mankind for thousands of years and he knows that we're all basically the same. So when you begin to lust after something and he knows you walk through pain and he knows that you've been hurt and he knows you've been disappointed and he knows that you have an inclination to a particular substance, he's going to entice you. That word entice just simply means I am going to begin to seduce you, cudgel you, beguile you, charm you. But the thing about the enemy, he can't make me partake. But he can entice me. Again, he can decorate the package in such a way that I think that I cannot live without it. 
He will not let you see the full frame. I love this scripture. Let me deviate for just a moment. To Genesis. He says you will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door. All through the Bible... They personalize sin. It's not just a white lie. It's just not something that I do in the darkness that nobody knows about. It's not just something that I do because I'm weak in the flesh. Genesis says that sin is crouching at the door. Waiting to seize an opportunity in your life to enslave you to reign in your life, to dominate you, and to eventually lead to death. Now, I know that we all struggle with temptation. I know temptation is everywhere. And I just want to give you an illustration of how the enemy works. Now, I know that I've got some fishermen and fisherwomen in the house. Can I get an amen in the house? Now, I like to fish, but I'm not a great fisherman. I like to go when they're biting. I don't like just to go out there. And I, like to, I like to go where they're biting. But some of you are experts. You have, we, you have read the weather patterns, the feeding patterns, the depth patterns, and you know where the fish are. And that fish is lying in rest. Here comes your boat. I got a worm. Now, it's a gummy worm. But it's a worm nonetheless. So I just want you to imagine for just a moment that the enemy knows every one of your weaknesses and he knows your hiding places. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. He knows what you used to be before you got saved. He used to know who you used to hang out with before you got born again. And this is what he will do in front of you. And he will wait until the optimum moment. I mean, he'll just come all out. You know, he'll wait when you get hurt. <laughs> Pastor Don just said, thank God it's not a chocolate bar. Come on! That's why I love him. If a gummy worm won't get you, some of you, all of us got a price. How about this $100 bill? Come on. Right over here, I th see some of y'all like, do I want it or I don't want it? Now understand what I'm doing. The devil can't make you bite this, Cody. But he can sure make it attractive to you. Cody. 
you know what? I've got to work on Sunday. I get double time. I'm going to be on the road the next few nights to make a new amount of money. Grab that. You can have it. Let her have that $100 bill. She's not going to get a call. I just feel the Holy Ghost said, give that to you. I'm ripping it. Tape it up and spend it. Let's spend. Does that make sense? Can we get an amen right there? That wasn't my money anyway. That's my wife's money. <laughs> what? Was that my money? Huh? Who gave it to me? Oh, okay. It's good. <laughs> Come on, men. Things aren't going right at home. Here she comes. That sweet, that sweet something in the office starts talking to you, coddling you, speaking to you. He knows what you used to be back in the day. She's been sick and ill, hadn't been able to have a lovey-dovey up on you. Or how about this? You're not getting the affirmation. She's not telling you how wonderful you are, how handsome you are. She hadn't told you in a long, long, long time how of a hunk you are. But she does. Well, the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it. You started looking at her curves. And she started saying to you, you know what? You are the most faithful employee. You are the most faithful employee. Nobody works like you work. I bet your wife is... Mm. I bet your wife is so happy to have you as a husband. And the enemy goes. <laughs> All the while you're in rest. All the while you're up under that rock. Do I or do I not? Do I or do I not? Do I or do I? I know I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't. I shouldn't. And she just keeps coming to you. Her perfume. She'd been wearing the same perfume for 10 years, but all of a sudden now, it begins to get you. This helping anybody? I got one more. I think I do. I smell it. I mean, sip, I don't raise your hand, but somehow we come to the altar and we get delivered from this. We run from it in terror. We've seen it wreck homes. 
We deceive, we've seen it destroy marriages. We've seen it make people homeless. We've seen people die prematurely because of it. Why in God's name are churches now promoting that it is perfectly okay to go back to something that has no life in it whatsoever? Oh, I know I'm all up in it right now. I know I may have some sipping saints in the building, but this preacher has come to tell some of you today, stop sipping! Oh, we can do it in toleration. We can do that. I can handle it. Tell that to Pastor Perry Noble at New Spring Church. Oh, it's fine right now while you're okay and I need a relaxing drink with my spouse and have a good time. But what happens when it moves to the next level? You now had a bad day and now you've got to cuddle up, it, up against it some more. Pressure at work. Now I'm not just doing it over dinner, but now I'm doing it before I go to bed. Not only before I go to bed, but now in my dinner. Why in the world? Sinners run from it. But saints are returning to it. I don't know this Australian-European mindset. Let me tell you something. You're not in Australia and you're not in Europe. You're in the good old U.S. of A. And we believe that the Bible teaches us to abstain from every appearance of evil, to walk away from it, to run from it. It has no life in it. There's no good in it. But the devil will come to you and they'll say, hey, so-and-so sipping, so-and-so's drinking. You can handle it. You can now. He's just waiting. You're being fundamental and legalistic. I may be. But I'm not wasting money, nor brain cells, nor influence. Well, it just helps me relate to those that are unsafe. Stop it. Do you know the gospel never says it has to be relevant? All you talk about, I want to be relevant, I just want to conform to them. Bible says, be you transformed. No confirmation. I mean, just no conforming to them. You be different. You go on a dinner, but hey, you go on a dinner. No, I'm not drinking. I'm going to sip me some sweet tea. Why are you not drinking? Jesus changed my life. Uh, I know y'all don't want to go there. I, I know y'all don't want to go there. Some of y'all were licking your lips as I passed that by, huh? <laughs> Bring it my way, preacher. Joking. Look at what the Bible says. I'm about done. Now watch this. Now listen to this. What happens when I take the bait? We've all taken the bait. Come on, let's just be honest. All of us have taken the bait. Amen right there? In one form or fashion, we've taken the bait. Whether it's the weed, whether it's the alcohol, whether it's the hurt and the pain, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, the idolatry, we've all taken the bait. Well, the Bible makes it very clear. 
that when that happens, conception takes place. Now think about that and look in your Bible. Then when desire, then listen to this. When desire, your desire has conceived, it is not a sin to be tempted. But when I move into the place of where I put my mouth around it, as a fish does, and I take the, the, the bait, at that very moment, conception takes place. Look at the image. Sperm and egg. Every time, now listen to the language, conception. Every time I sin, conception takes place. So it's not just a little sin, a light sin, not very bad. Every sin, conception takes place. The next verse, I want you to see it, or the same verse. Then when desire has conceived, what happens? You give birth. Now this is something that I want you to see. You give birth, listen to the language, birth to sin. In other words, you produce it. You bring it forth. When I sin, I give birth to a baby. That's what it says, right? Birth means birth. That when I sin, when I give in to my lust, I give birth to a sin. A sin baby. Pentecostal sin baby. Baptist. Pentecostal. Methodist. Seeker sensitive. But guys, I want you to understand this. That when I sin, this is the text, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up in the least. That when I sin and you sin, the Bible says, I bring conception and then I birth it. Every time I lie, every time I steal, every time I cheat, every time I lust, Every time I have greed, I give birth to a sin baby. All throughout the scriptures, it's not a dead entity. Sin is alive. It has an agenda. This little sucker, this little baby, his goal is to enslave me. But he's so cute. I just like him. 
He's precious. Look at him. Never harm anybody. I have so much fun with him. And you'll coddle this thing for years and decades. But I want you to know, he's really not that sweet. He has an agenda. Because he was born from the devil. He's from him. And he wants to enslave me. This little creature wants to reign in my life and dominate me. And wants to lead me to death. Hmm. It even has, has a voice. Sins are cute like babies at the beginning. But this thing will talk to you. If y'all ever know what I'm talking, I mean, you know what I'm talking about? It'll talk to you. It'll say things like this. Harm yourself. You're no good. Whisper in my ear. Lights are out. I'm crying because of a post on Facebook that has hurt my feelings. You're no good. Cut yourself. This is what you get. You deserve to feel pain. Pain is good. They shouldn't have treated you this way. Then it evolves. Kill yourself. How about this one? Indulge. No one knows the pressure you're under. How about this one? You know you're not getting what you need at home. No one will ever know. All throughout this building. Now look at the next verse. Or not the next verse, but right there. When conception takes place, you give birth. Oh, this is where it gets tragic. When it is full grown. Do you see it? When it is full grown. This thing that I am holding in my hand, which represents the sin babies in our lives... Here's a truth bomb. It isn't going to stay small forever. Y'all know this. That baby that you brought home from the hospital, as cute and cuddly as it is, it's not going to stay small forever. The puppy that you think is so adorable, the kitten that you think that is always going to be adorable, becomes a demon. The dog gets bigger than you realize. It, it, it is more responsibility than you realize. Living things don't want to stay the same size. And he knows he can never influence me to the point of death at this level. And the Bible says when it becomes full grown, how does it grow? Every time I sin the same sin, it grows bigger. Every time I take of the weed, every time I take of that joint, every time I take of that narcotic, it gets bigger, 
stronger and more influential. And eventually, it comes to this size. Come on up here, if you will, Zane. I just want you to, I just want you to see. Well, come on, Zane. Where's Zane? Where? Come here, bro. Grab this chain right here. It will eventually grow to this size. I still control where I go. I still call the shots. I either say yes or no. I can quit at any time. I can stop it at any time. And I just lead it around. But when it is full grown, come here, Carter. When it is full grown, when it is full grown, let me have that, Zane. You stay right there. It becomes more influential in my life. Y'all know teenagers. Come on. Y'all know teenagers. Teenagers are snotty. I just want to go ahead and tell you right now. They're just, they're bratty. They're, they're, they're wonderful. I love them. But you know what? They have attitudes, don't they? They want to talk back to you at certain times. They have their own agenda. They don't. I can still make him do what I want to do. It's a little bit tougher, and he's pulling back on me. He's seeing where he sizes himself up in our relationship. And every time I feed it, every time I go there, every time I do the same thing, I keep feeding it some type of Wheaties. I'm telling you, some high-protein shake or something, and it gets bigger and bigger until this point. I can quit anytime I want to. I'm going to quit today. I can stop and do whatever I want, whatever I want to do. Now here's the deal. Instead of me calling the shots, there's a new sheriff in town. Now he tells me when I'm going to go by the store. Now, he tells me when I'm going to see him or her again. He tells me to drive down a certain street. And he begins to lead me. Where is he leading me? Now, listen. His ultimate goal is to enslave me. How many times have I ever heard, I just can't quit? Pornography, destroying your life, killing you, killing your family, killing your marriage. Listen, killing your relationships. You want to quit. You want to stop. Your wife's in bed, 2 o'clock in the morning, and he whispers in your ear, she will never know. And he pulls me to that computer. I want to quit. Everything in my heart desires to quit. I hate it. It's destroying me. Destroying me, my mom, my dad, my whole family. But it's gotten to a point where the sin baby is bigger than you. He wants to enslave me. He wants to reign in my life, dominate me, and eventually lead me to death. picture I'm painting for you today is real and is alive today. So many of us in this room tonight have walked into this environment with sin babies all 
over your body. They have attached themselves to you. That was a Pentecost. He was running. Look at that. And you walk into church every Sunday and you cover these things up. You lift your hands, but they're sucking the life out of you. Because as soon as you get out of here, you're going to go back to do what you used to do even though you repented at this altar and you cried out to God for mercy. But He's waiting on you. He's talking to you. You deserve it. You deserve this. They're mean to you. They hate you. This will make you feel good. Indulge yourself. If I can get the church to kill the babies, we would have revival all across this land. If I can get the church to take care of the sin babies in their life, your neighborhood will be transformed. If I could get the church to get rid of these things in your life, we could have the power of the Holy Ghost in our pews, in our choirs, in our musicians. No, no. We got musicians smoking weed. We got guys playing our instruments that look at pornography. And we will prostitute the gospel for a good product. I don't care how you're living, but if you can play good, all we need is a good sound. I am sick and tired of the good sound. I do not need the sound of a good musician, but I need the sound of heaven thundering in this place. That's why Timothy says, every one of you that name the name of Jesus, let him depart from sin. Uh, this is not how to, how, to, how to win friends and influence people. I'm not interested in getting you to come to my church. I got all these pastors who love to have you at their church, but they're in revival too. We're not going to cuddle up with, with sin. We're, we're going to call it like it is. Not in judgment, full of grace, full of love, but full of power. Full of power. Well, I've been an addict all my life. That's your past. Today's a new day. Let me tell you what the Lord showed me. You may be seated in the house. You guys can be seated. Zane, good job. Here's what I saw. I didn't know I was preaching this message until late Tuesday, early Wednesday. I walked toward that baptistry. I saw fire. And it was streaming up the wall. I had no idea what those white six to eight inch grayish entities were. Karen, I'm sitting right there where you and Cody are. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, Todd, what you saw on Monday were the spirits of sin babies leaving the lives of my children. I said, yes, Lord. I said, yes, Lord. So let me, go to, let me tell you what we're going to do with this. The Bible tells us that baptism is a burial. I'm going to bury these suckers alive.
to go under those waters it'll be a baptism of death but you'll come up out of that water fire and they will run in terror just like the demons in Jesus' day don't cast us out into nowhere he said let us find some pigs cast those demons out there's a herd of 2,000 pigs 2,000 pigs guess what the pigs did they ran to water y'all gonna run to some water here in just a moment some of you have been carrying hurt all your life of what daddy did here's what I want you to do if you'll turn from that and you lay it down God I don't want to hurt anymore I want to forgive I want freedom if you'll make the mind up to do that to repent Jesus will baptize you with fire tonight I don't know what's going to happen but I know this you're going to encounter him in that water heads bowed eyes closed folks in this room you hear through the invitation of a friend first time in a service like this you have no idea what we're doing it's all foreign to you but something's tugged your heart and you know you need God you know you need to be saved you know you need to be forgiven of your sins you need to be born again in this room dozens of people are going to get born again right now it's not a prayer that you pray. It's not a cute slogan that you say. You come to the realization that Jesus died for you on an old rugged cross. And he bids you to come follow him. It's not him in the world. It's him and him alone. And if you can't make that decision tonight, then don't make any decision. But if you're ready to go all in, I'm talking about all in for Jesus. I need to be saved. I need to be forgiven. I need to know him and I want to follow him. I want to be born again. I want my sins gone. And I want new life. If that's you, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand as high as you can so I can see it. One, two, three. Anybody in this room? One, two. Yes, hands. Keep them up. 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 Keep them up all over this building. Are there others? I need to be born again tonight. I see it. I see it. I see it. If your hand's up, make eye contact with me right now. I need to be saved. I need to be saved. Right here. Right here. Right there. Right there. Right there. All over the place. All over the building. Now, when I count to three, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to come, and I want you to stand right here in front of me, and we're going to take care of you. We've got some things that we want to give to you tonight, and I want to minister to you for just a moment. If you have your hand up, when I count to three, I want you to get up from where you are. You're going to walk this aisle, and you're going to come and stand right in front of me. Now, you've got to be bold. But if you can't do it in this environment that loves you, there's no way you're going to do it when they're pushing heroin at you. Hands back up. Raise it. Raise them. Raise them. I see them. I see them. I see them all over the building. When I count three, come. One, two, three. Come right now. Come right now. All across the building right now. Come. 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 Come on. Come on. Come on. Whole family. Whole family. God bless you. Come on. Right here. Come on. Right here. Come on. Come on. Come on. 
Come on. Come on. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right now. Right here. It's good. Now, are you, radic- are you ready to be radically changed? Now, I'm not talking about patty cake, soft, candy Christianity. I'm talking about radical, radical commitment to follow Him. You ready to do that? You ready to lead your family in that way? Okay. You ready to turn your back on everything? You ready to say, I'm going to follow Jesus? Okay. I bet you, sweetheart, you ready? You guys ready? You ready? These are mean. They're ruthless. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. I died so you could be free from these. Lift your hands and pray this prayer after me. Out loud just these at the front. Say it loud so I can hear you. Say, Jesus. Come on, say it again. Jesus, I need you. I'm lost. I need to be saved. I acknowledge my sin. My separation from you. I turn from my sin. And I choose you now. I'm all in. I will follow you. I will be your disciple. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse my heart. Set me free. I accept you into my life. Right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody in this house said amen and amen and amen. got baptized last Sunday night, didn't you? Hinduism or Buddhism in your background? Hinduism. You love Jesus with all your heart. Thank you, Lord. That's your daughter? Here's what's, what we're going to do. We want to baptize you tonight. I know you're thinking, well, dear Lord, I, I didn't come prepared. You may, and, and that's completely up to you. But we're going to baptize you tonight. Well, I want my family to sit. They can text them. Tell them to pick it, up, pick it up on Facebook. They can watch you at home. Then you have it all these years. Does that make sense? Can I have some of my altar team just to minister to them? Let's move them over to my extreme right, to your left right now. Diana, would you take the lead? Tricia, somebody, Terry, take them. We want to talk to them. Make sure we're going to get them in the baptistry here in a few moments. What's your name? Rachel. Who brought you tonight? Who? Your grandparents? How old are you? 23. Why are you crying? God's on you right now. 
He loves you. You know that. Right? He loves you. Nothing you could ever do, you could ever do to separate you from his love. And he's going to make you a brand new woman. And you're going to leave this place completely different. Rebellion, hard-heartedness, God's going to soften that in the name of Jesus. Does that make sense? I just want you to know he loves you. You're beautiful to him. You are. You are beautiful. He calls you his daughter. And tonight, he adopted you. I don't know what kind of pain's in your life when it comes to family, but you will never experience that with him. He loves you. Does that make sense? Come here. Right there. Come here. Right there. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for your peace. Every lie of the enemy, I come against it. I thank you that she's new in you. Fill her with your spirit tonight. In Jesus' name. Look at me. You all right? Okay. Julianne, just take care of her, right? Send babies. Let's kill them tonight. Let's kill them tonight. This altar, when I count to three, is going to be open for you to come. And I know we've had to deal with this, and you may have lost your focus. Now listen to me. Don't coddle it. Don't take it home. Kill it at this altar. Kill it at this altar. Bring it to the altar and chop its head off. Chop its head off. Chop it off at the altar, and then when you get home, you clean out your refrigerator. You clean out your secret stash. The prescription bottles have got to go if you are addicted. Kill it. Because if you don't kill it, it'll kill you. Some of you need to be baptized immediately. When I count to three, you either come to this altar or you go to that baptistry. You're going to come right up these steps. We have a team that will take care of you right here. They're going to get you ready. I saw the spirit of infirmity and the spirit of sickness, that spirit leaving bodies tonight. Leaving bodies tonight. But I got something to tell you. Some of you got unforgiveness in your life. You got to deal with the unforgiveness before he'll heal you. He says, you come and present yourself at the altar and you have an alt against your brother. He said, lay it down and go make it right. We've seen people healed after they've forgiven. When your foot touches the water, you'll be in fire water. You ready? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that tonight is going to be an extraordinary night. Lord, you showed me. You've already demonstrated it to me on Monday the fire in the water, the fire up the wall, and the spirits darting and fleeing as if in terror. Lord, I know tonight that sin babies will be buried in that water. 
in Jesus' name. If that's you, right now, come to this altar. Let's repent. Let's get it right with the Lord. Right now. Right now. Come. Come right now. Come on. Come on. Right now. Come on. I am a child Come on. of God By the dozens, come on I'm no Don't wait. longer Don't wait. Right now to fear. Jesus, come on brother Come on Yes, I am right a child of God, of God. Yes. Oh, come on. I'm no longer come on. to fear yes, I am Child of God. Oh, yes, I'm no Come longer. Keep coming. It's right. To feel. Oh, I am a child of God. If you need prayer, our altar team is available. Pastors are available. Pastors, why don't you just come and stand right here, right now? Pastors, pastors, come, all of you. My altar team. If you need prayer, if you have a loved one that needs to be baptized, they're not here. Do you see that wall over there? There's probably a hundred, well, probably hundreds of white slips of paper. Names of people that they're believing for. Brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and moms and dads. Write their name on a piece of paper and stick it in the wall. We pray five times a week in this place and we lay hands on those. Come right now. God's delivering people right now. Joe, let's lead us in worship. No longer yes. a slave to fear. I am a child of God. So I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am child of God No, I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God
so I could walk right through it. My fears are drowned in perfect love. Hallelujah. You rescued me so I can stand and see. I am a child of God. Right now. Right now, yes, Jesus. Yes, I am a child of God. Come on. While you're waiting, while you're waiting, while we're waiting. Come on, let's church, let's fill up this altar to pray for God. revival. Not only for this region. But for this entire country, we need to cover our country in prayer. Would you just find a place somewhere that you can kneel? If you need prayer, come and find one of our altar workers, one of these pastors. It's going to take us just a moment to begin baptism. The fire of God is here. need prayer come come on keep coming keep coming you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost come right now power in your life come right now right now you're never going to be the same after tonight heaven is here his kingdom come his will be done
deaf in her right ear. What happened just right down there at that altar? He has been praying over my ear. God has heard his prayers and I can now hear out of my right ear. She could hear about 2% or on a scale of one to ten, two. She's hearing about eight right now. Is, what she's talking. Is that right? About eight on a scale of one to ten. What I want, Miss Blondie, you and Toby, I want you to come right here. They're going to pray for you on that right ear. We're, we're, you're going to leave here 100% hearing in your right ear. Right there. You give God praise for that? Yes, I give Him all the praise. Thank you, Jesus. So you can hear in that right ear. Yes. 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 Thank you, Lord. Right here. Let's, let's finish it. Push it on over in Jesus' name. Help her down, boys. Come on, let's pray for her right now. Miracles happening. All down here. Going to happen in that water. I think we're ready. What we're going to need to do all of you to slide this way up against that Thank you. let's pray Father you spoke 
over 30 weeks ago, 32 weeks ago to my heart that you would baptize people in water and in fire. What's so beautiful, Lord, this is not a man thing. This is not about man, it's about you. We thank you that your Holy Ghost, your power is going to touch every one of these. In Jesus' name. Now let me give you this instruction. When they come out around the corner, would you just encourage them? And when they come up out of the water, would you encourage them? Everybody's going to react different to fire. Some of the most drastic life change, no one had any manifestation. It's not about a manifestation, it's about an encounter. Sometimes Jesus whispers to us, and sometimes He shouts in our ear. Sometimes He touches us on the forehead, and sometimes He really pops us. Whatever the Holy Ghost wants is what we want tonight. Everybody good? Pastor Marty, right now.